Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Up there, stay in line, your number will be called. Amen? If you don't know what that means, just imagine yourself sitting over here at the Mexican meat market down the street here, and you go back in the back in the, in the meat department, and you, you yank on that little ticket. Amen? Anybody ever done that? Am I the only one? Everybody, okay, we, we're, we're on the same page. You pull the little ticket and you wait for your number to be called. You know, in the kingdom of God, that's exactly the way we're supposed to live our lives, amen? We've already pulled our ticket, and now we're just waiting to be called. That's a good one right there, amen? And, and so I'm, I'm one that says, you know what, I love uh, the fact that we get to minister the, the, uh, the word of God, but I also count it a privilege to serve no matter where God has me serving. Amen? It's a wonderful blessing. And so I want us to turn in our Bibles, if we would, this morning to Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Verse 19 through 24. So chapter 2, 19 through 24. If you have that, say amen. It's on the screen, so you should probably say amen fast. Hallelujah. It says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may, incur- may be encouraged when you know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. In verse 23, therefore I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. You know, we got the opportunity this morning to watch a video from Costa Rica. And this was the missions trip. About 15, uh, several families went uh, from the church here, and they went to Costa Rica um, on a missions trip. Amen. Now, when we go on a missions trip, it's not just a sightseeing vacation, but it's, it's working with uh, the works of God that we have planted throughout the years, amen, and we've, we've been working in Costa Rica since, I believe, um, uh, 2000, 1999, maybe, uh, when Pastor Dustin answered the call of God to go there, and uh, might have been just a little bit after that, but that is when Pastor Dustin, who was just here, which is my wife's brother, he was just here last weekend, or over Wednesday night service, but he met Pastor Blake on a basketball court, Pastor talked about it just a little bit on Wednesday night, but they, they play basketball together, and, and um, Pastor Dustin introduced, and myself, we introduced Pastor Blake uh, to our fellowship, and, and it was it's pretty amazing how it happens, and here we are today in, in Denton, Texas, because God called our pastor, who was serving in a, in a place where he just thought he was doing God's will, Amen. He had a very successful children's ministry called Manitas de Amor, and it was a ministry that where they pulled into these neighborhoods and they would preach the gospel. They would open up the door on the bread truck, and a big stage door would come down. It was a platform, and they'd begin to minister to these children. And people all over the communities would come, and, and you know, we would tell Pastor Blake, you know, we need to get these families locked in to a local church. And Pastor Blake, and, and he was already in process of doing that, and, and, and God just brought everything together. And, and I'm going to tell you something. He started a church in Pavas, in that neighborhood where you saw the video. And uh, God has done miraculous things. And I'm going to ask that you guys be praying for me. I'm leaving on the 14th of, of April this month, and I'm going to be heading back to Costa Rica. I'll be preaching a revival down there in our church in Pavas. 
and I'll be meeting up with Pastor Josh and Pastor Ben Jones from our Colorado Springs Home Church, and we're going into that place, and we're going to preach revivals. They're going to Ciudad Colon, and I'm going into, into Pavas, where we pastored that church, and then we're getting on a bus, and we're going to go about 8 to 10 hours, maybe even 12 or 14, just depends on how the devil works that day. But we're going to get in a bus, and we're going to go to Nicaragua. Amen? And I don't know about you, but going to Nicaragua is not what you think it is. Amen? You think, well, South America, Central America is beautiful. Let me tell you something. The devil's alive in that city, in that, in that country. And we're going to go in there, and we're going to preach Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going into this rural area where we have uh, been given a piece of land, and we're going to plant a church. We're going to construct a building there. That's not what I'm going in there to do. I'm going in there to get souls saved and cast out devils. Hallelujah. I'm going in there to preach the gospel, amen, with these other pastors, and we're going to take Pastor Carlos and Pastor Jose with us from our Costa Rica churches, and we're going to do God's will in those areas, amen? Now, while I say all that to say this, I don't have to be a senior pastor of a fellowship to be used by God. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a head usher or head nursery director. How many know that one of the toughest ministries in a church ever in any church is the ministry of nursery? Can the lady say amen? I know that our leaders in the nursery, they're always, uh, you know, striving to find our best qualified people to do nursery because we don't just put anybody back in the nursery. Can I get an amen? We don't have men serving in our nurseries in this church. Uh, your children are 100% secure on both sides. We got this thing, this place on lockdown. Hallelujah. Amen. Because our children are very important to us. And they're important to us because they're important to you. And they're important to you because they're important to God. And our vision and our goal is to see lives transformed, hallelujah. But when it comes to the fact of us using people in the kingdom of God, you don't have to be a person of stature. You don't have to be the most qualified person in the world to do God's will. See, God will use you the way you are. He will use you, your personality, your character. He will shape you. He will mold you. We know the story of the potter and the clay where, you know, Jesus has us in his hands and he's shaping us and he's molding us and he's trying to make us into that person that he wants us to be. And when we mess up, it's because we put our hand on the clay and we've decided that we want to change something a little bit. You know, we want a little bit of control in what God's doing. God, I don't mind if you do this, Lord, but please do it this way because this is the way I really like it. This is how it makes me feel very comfortable, God. I, I need it my way, please. And God says, well, I'm just going to have to let you do your thing, amen. So I want to minister just a few minutes here this, this morning. I'm going to talk about, you know, a few things. But in our competitive culture that we live in, it scorns on being number two, Amen. You never see anybody come running, and I've mentioned this just a couple weeks ago as I was ministering, but you never see anybody come running to you and say, hey, I took fifth place in this race. It was awesome. You know, it's either you got the first place, the second place, or the third place ribbon, or you stayed as quiet as you can be, amen, because you didn't want anybody knowing that you lost. But in the kingdom of God, it, it doesn't mean because we're in second place that we are, we are a failure. And it doesn't mean that we're less uh, of a person because we are serving in a, in a, in a background uh, uh, atmosphere or we're able to serve someone else, amen, to help somebody else's ministry. And it's seen as a failure to measure up uh, to acceptable standards of excellence. And a national car rental firm that attempted to place a positive spin on being number two and for in their eyes, number two tries even harder than number one. And in other words, number two 
will always be seeking to excel in life. Amen? See, they will stay responsive to the customer. They'll not get lazy and complacent with the things in life. You can count on number two to get the job done for you. And in the same sense, when God, he calls this young man named Timothy to serve as, a number, as number two, he expects him to serve with a willing heart. You see, he doesn't just say, I, I, I'm, I'm demanding you to do this because I'm your authority and I'm telling you to do it. Can I get an amen? He says, I, we're going to use you. We're going to call you. We want to see God do something in your life, but we want you to have a willing heart. Now, what is a willing heart? A willing heart says, I can do anything that's asked of me. Amen? And I know that there might be people here, you think, uh, you know, pastors just built this sermon just for me, but I got news for you. I've had this sermon built since last Sunday when, actually, when Pastor Blake uh, mentioned the title that I was going to preach in Wednesday night service, I had my sermon ready, and he mentioned it, so I know that he's about to preach it, and so I said, I'm not going to touch it until he preaches it. And I began to prepare a different message, and God gave me this word, and I've already been working on it. But I know that for a fact that you and I as Christians, we think that, you know, we have to walk a straight and a narrow line in the kingdom of God. Listen, as long as you are serving God, you've accepted him into your life as your Lord and Savior, you acknowledge him as that, and you confess it with your mouth, then you're saved. But let me tell you something. When we get saved, there's other things that are involved. Uh, we have to grow. We have to nurture. We have to become involved in the things of God. You ever put a flower outside in the sun and said, I'm going to see this thing grow? You water it once and you forget all about it, and you go back a week later and it's dead? Well, the plant wasn't supposed to stay in the sun, and number two, you were supposed to water it every day. But when we don't water, when we don't nurture, when we don't take care of the things in our life that need to be taken care of, then, you know, something else will obviously take over in our lives. Amen? So this young man, Timothy, he was to serve as number two, but to serve willingly. It takes a special person to serve in a support capacity. Can I get an amen? You know, you, you might have great ideas. I might be preaching right now, and you've got a story or an illustration that might even be better than anything I'm preaching right now. And in our minds, we think, how can I, you know, I could help that. I can understand that better if I could just say this. Or we always have our own idea. But see, none of us can do this unless God calls us and equips us to serve. God has to call us. He has to equip us to serve in his way, not our way. Many times we look at a church and we say the church uh, is ruly. We got so many rules and regulations and there's so many of this and so many of that. We have people that call us and say, why can't I park in the front of the church? There's handicap signs there. Why can't we park there? Well, they already said it with their own mouth. It's a handicap sign and you don't have a handicap banner to hang from your mirror so you can't park there. Why should you call the church? Why should you call the pastor and ask them why, why, why? Because we are a people with a question why all the time in our lives. Amen? It's a simple gospel. Nothing challenges the human heart any more than the faithful example of others. That means as we're serving God, we watch our pastors, we watch our leaders, we watch the people that we respect and people we love, and we watch them grow in the Lord. We see the hunger. We see the thirsting in their life, and we say, oh, I want to be like that. I want that. I want to feel the, the presence of God that he is feeling or she is feeling. Amen? We watch others. So this passage that I just read this morning, it gives us an example of a man who was totally committed to Jesus Christ. 
He was totally committed. And this young man, his name was Timothy, Timothy, and Timothy was a young man who willingly served in second place. He had a man in his life who was Paul, who was an example, who, was, who, was, uh, who spoke all the right things into his life. Does that mean that he never hurt his feelings? No. Does that mean that he never told him the truth and, and the truth made him want to walk away or the truth made him want to do something different than his calling? I'm sure those things happen because it's happened in every single one of our lives in this place today. We'll hear somebody correct us or will somebody say something to us that just does not line up with who we think or what God's will or his plan is for our life. But sometimes we just have to accept those things, amen? So number one brings me to my first point here. Be willing to serve in second place. Amen? In verse 19, Paul, here he's deeply concerned about this Philippian church. He's got a, bill, he's got a, he's got a concern for them, and, 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 and he's worried for those believers, those people in that church. Because how many know that people in church can go wayward? People in church, uh, our minds can go somewhere else. And if you don't believe it, try talking to certain people. You ever talk to somebody and right in the middle of your conversation, they just walk off? Amen? You, you know, you're just talking to them and it's a serious thing. And, 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 you know, you're communicating with these people. And it's like, man, this is a good conversation. You already start to like your own conversation. You're like, man, what I'm saying is good. You need to listen to me. And all of a sudden, you turn around and they're gone. You know, I, I think I could say that, honestly, my wife will tell you that I, I'm pretty guilty in this. Sometimes she's talking to me, and, and I'm just like, you know, off in another world. And she says, are you, are you listening? I said, oh, baby, I heard you already. You told me last week the same thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you're talking to somebody, and it's like you're talking to air. You're, you're, you know, it's like what you're saying has no value. There's no importance to it. Amen? And I think we all have talked to somebody like that. I think that in our lives at times, we have been that way with other people around us. Where they're talking to you and you're just up in the world. You know, I, I get some of these ladies, our clients, and I'm talking to them. And I just want to get to work, ma'am. I just, I got to turn some machines on and start making some money. Because if there's no noise back there, then I'm not making any money. But they just want to keep talking about the pigmentation of the paint. And, and the, you know, they're talking about how this is that and this over here. And I'm like, oh, Lord have mercy. We got to get going here. Then you pull the old trick. Oh, my phone's ringing. I got to get this. See, you're all laughing because you know you've done it. But we've all, all done this type of thing where our mind is somewhere else. We're sidetracked with the things because, you know, there's things that are going on all around us. So he loves these people deeply. He, he longs to minister among them. He wants to know their state and their condition. Amen? This is Timothy wanting to know about this Philippian church. He's, he, there, there's a pain. There's a burden that's being carried. He wants to know what's going on, their state, uh, their condition. He wants, to, uh, he wants to care for them. But there was a problem. Paul, he's in prison. He cannot personally be there. He, he understands that. He's like, well, this is, a, this is a burden, man. The guy that they want to listen to, he's in jail right now. He's locked up. He can't get out. Uh, there's no way that he can make a personal invitation and show up to these people because it, he's locked up behind bars. So guess what? The next guy in command has to show up. But see, before we show up to something, we have to be well-groomed. We have to be prepared. We have to be mentally ready for something. 
I gave an illustration in the first service this morning. The L.A. Lakers, years ago, when they were champions, I mean, they, were, they, they ran for years. They were just always in the championship games. And they had a player by the name of Kurt Rambis. And Kurt Rambis was one of these goobers that used to just, you know, run up and down the court when he got the opportunity to get in the game. But he was not a superstar. He wasn't going to score 30, 40, 50 points a game. But Kurt Rambis was one who sat on the sideline. And when Kurt, when Kurt Rambis came into the game, he knew the game plan that everybody else, that the superstars played by. He knew the, 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 play, the same playbook. Everything was the same. The training all week long was exactly the same for every single one of those players on that team. And Kurt Rambis knew that he probably wasn't going to get in the game, but when he did get called on, he was ready, he was prepared, and he was well-conditioned so he could play the game. And most of the time, when they get those opportunities to get into the game, when they're not qualified to be in the game, most of the time, those are the men that really make an impact on the ball game. Amen? Because they come in and they do something heroic. They do something amazing that just stuns the crowd, and they become a, fa a fan favorite to the entire city. And that's what we're like in the kingdom of God when we come to church and we're sitting in these chairs and we come to receive the word or we come in with a bad attitude or maybe we're hurting or we're going through some things in our life. And we struggle to lift our hands and praise God in the song service. But, oh, the, ministered, the words begin to minister to our heart as the pastor is preaching. But there's something inside the resistance. There's, sometimes there's a resistance. There's an anger. Sometimes there's a hurt or a pain that is affecting our, our relationship with the things of God. And God says, I want you to serve in a second place capacity. It doesn't make you any greater. It doesn't make you any less than anybody else in this congregation today. But it means that you're equipped and that you're available. Glory to God. And that when you do get the opportunity that you can run and your wings can fly. Hallelujah. And God can be glorified. Amen. This man, he served in second place. He was as faithful to the Lord as any. He willingly and sacrificially served in second place. You know, serving in second place, it's a privilege. Amen? Some people say, well, I just want to throw that word second place out because it doesn't sound good. It don't feel good. I'm, I'm on the JV. You know what? I, when I was on the JV, I was so proud to be on the JV because I still got to wear my school name on my uniform, I still got to go through all the, 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 the fun and games that go on throughout the week of the school, all the sports assemblies. It was a wonderful thing, and it feels good to get the attention. But when we're talking about the things of God, it's like uh, it's an amazing thing. Everybody wants the pulpit. Had a man in our church in Costa Rica one day walked in with about five to ten guys, and he walked through the church, and he walks to the back, and my ushers were like, Pastor, who is this guy? We thought it was Ronnie Chavez. We thought it was, you know, one of these famous preachers coming through just to see who we were. And I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to go back there and find out who they are. I walked back there. He said, I got a word for this church. God gave me a word, and I got to speak it from that pulpit. I said, well, that's funny because didn't, God didn't tell me nothing. He didn't even tell me you were coming. He says, I'm a prophet. I'm prophet so-and-so. Uh, I'm prophet Hukumoshai, and I come to give a word to this church. I said, you can just get your boys, and you can head on out of here if that's what your intent is. If you come to receive the word of God, if you come to let God touch you, and let God uh, deal with your heart and let the word of God be ministered to you, then you're welcome in this place. But if you just came, but it's amazing to me how a character of a man can change when he finds out he's talking to the pastor of the church. Oh, he can intimidate everybody else coming through the doors. Oh, and he can do this and that. You, I mean, you won't intimidate much here because our people are well-groomed. Amen. 
but to have the authority to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not the head pastor of this church, but I have the authority of God. I told Jesse yesterday when he was heading down to that hospital to pray for that baby, I said, Jesse, when you showed up, the Holy Ghost showed up. I said, walk in that hospital with authority. Put your hands up and begin to shout in tongues. Begin to shout unto God, hallelujah, the power of the Lord will come in that place. Amen. And there is no doubt in my mind that Jesse walked in that place and the Holy Ghost showed up. Glory to God. That, that he put his hands up in that place. Right now, I texted him a few minutes ago, and they are still out there praying, calling on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. They're pulling all kinds of liquids out of that baby. And I'm telling you what, we don't know what's about to happen, but we know that our God is a healer. We know that our God is a miracle worker. Glory to God. We don't have to sit back and wonder or worry. We just know that God's got everything under control. Even if it doesn't line up with who, what, what we think or what we believe, God knows what's happening. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Number two, he had a kindred, brotherly spirit in caring for others. You see, there are many excellent minister, ministers of the gospel, but Timothy's spirit, it came closest to Paul's the spirit that Paul had, than anyone else around. One of the things, you know, was that Timothy cared for those churches. He cared for those people in that church, just as Paul did. Amen? He cared. He had a burden for those people. It's like our church. If you notice, if you're new here today, you notice that our, our burden, we, we love people in this church. You're going to get hugged on. You're going to get your hand shaken. You're going to get talked to by everybody in this church because that's who we are. Glory to God. And don't let it scare you away. It's just what we are, what we do. Amen. We just love people. We're carrying the burden. You see, his care arose from deep within his heart. It was something that was implanted in him. It was genuine. It was very sincere because he sat and watched his leader live this life for many years. Jeremiah 3.15, it says this, it says, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. This man has been well-groomed is what this scripture is saying. This man has been prepared. This man knows exactly what he says. I will give you pastors according to mine heart. Amen? Don't look at the situation. Don't look at the rule. Don't look at the circumstance, but look at the heart of man, the heart of the church, and know that we are headed in the right direction. Glory to God. Heard a story of a conversation that went on between these two teachers, and one said, well, he said, how's it going for you in your Bible class? Going well. Thank you for asking. And how are things in your Bible class? Well, I love teaching. I love studying. I love the class socials and fellowship meetings that we're having. And I love the teaching conferences of our church and all the conferences where we send, uh, you know, they send us to these conferences every single year. I love it all except one thing. And his buddy says, well, what is that? He said, the visiting. The church wants me to visit all these class members. And I just don't have the time to become involved in their lives and problems. Some of them have already called me to share their problems and illnesses at, at all hours of the day and evening. And frankly, I just do not have time to visit and give them the attention that they all want from me. He says, I know where you're coming from. He said, but I need to remind you of one important detail. Without the people, 
there would be no Bible class. Without the people, there would be no church. Without the people, there would be no witness for Christ upon the earth. He said, can you imagine what the earth would be like without the witness of Christ? Your witness uh, and your gift of teaching is needed. And I hope you will continue and somehow make time to visit and care for your class. You know, it's like some of these big wig preachers that are out there in this world. They say, I'm not called to -to door-to-door evangelism. I'm not called to, to preach outside of the four walls of the church. That's your job. You know what? That is as far away from biblical truth as possible. We are all called to preach the gospel. We are all called to go beyond the four walls of the church and preach his word. Amen. You don't have to bring an intellectual message to somebody to win them to Jesus. You know, I challenge you this week to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. Watch and see the results that you get from people when you just tell them something as simple as Jesus loves you. And if you really got the boldness, go up to somebody. I saw two people. I'm sorry. I saw three people yesterday. They were all a couple or a triple, whatever you call it. I'm telling you something. I go down to these coffee shops, and I go in there, and I study, and I'm, and I'm building sermons when I'm down there because I see a bunch of people living like aliens. It's like a farm with every kind of animal you can imagine just running loose and wild with no control, no authority over anybody, and it's wild. And I look at these people walking the streets. This guy, he was as cool as a cat, man. He was walking cool as a cat with a miniskirt on and a woman on the left and a woman on the right. And I said, excuse me, sir, are you Adam or are you Eve? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be critical here. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not. I promise you, if you know my heart, I I mean, I'm a little bit feisty. I'm a lot feisty. Okay, I'll tell the truth. I'm very feisty. But I try to do things with compassion. I've seen my pastor. I've seen our pastor. I've seen seen us be compassionate. But there's a time where you've got to rise up. There's a time where you've got to speak the truth. There's a time where you've got to be bold. There's a time when you've got to stand up and stand up for what is right. Not for what has been accepted, but for what is right. You say, well, you better watch what you say. (laughs) Glory to God, I'm right here. Come and get me. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to preach this word till the day I die because God has put it in me, amen? And I got one testimony after the next. If you can, Joelle, if you could do this for me, go ahead and pop Pastor Marshall up on the screen, if you would, please. This is a man that I saw come to the Lord in the 1990s, early 90s. Gave his life to Jesus Christ. Walked into a crusade, in a, a tent crusade with a cast on his leg. You've heard him tell the story. This right here is one of the most fanatical preachers you'll ever meet in your entire life. His name is Pastor Richard Marshall. I call him Bishop Marshall. Glory to God. This man has more boldness than than a lot of people in this world. I'm telling you the truth. But this man came to God, and he said, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Ain't nobody going to boss me around. Ain't nobody going to push me in the kingdom of God. I'm just coming here to check this place out. Little did he know that down in his heart and in his spirit and in his walk, he was a miserable man. He was hurting. He was suffering. He was dying inside to himself. Well, not to himself, but he, you know, he was living for the world, and he was full of the world, and he wanted nothing to do with the things of God because no one ever told him about Jesus. You got Dylan and his wife sitting right here. Raise your hands, please, if you would, please. These two right here, these, are, these guys are miracles of God. They're not church people. They're not, they haven't come from 37 other churches down the road. These people came in raw as raw can get. I remember the first day she walked in. She said, I'm looking for somebody. Matter of fact, it was Elena, wasn't it? Elena and Claudia. 
She was looking for somebody, looking for some side work or something. I don't know what it was all about, but she came in this place, and here they are. Every single service since, here they are in this place. And, and yes, hallelujah. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that you would just love to fix about us, but glory to God, we can't fix them. we got to let God do the fixing. We're not perfect people. No way in the world do we stand here and tell you that we are the most perfect people. Isn't that right, Joey? We're not perfect, are we? We're not perfect. We are children of God who are striving for righteousness, trying to do God's will in our life. But, but guess what? We have a great example to follow. Amen? We have a pastor that loves the Lord. You have me as your pastor as well. And, and we love the Lord and our hearts are to serve him. Our hearts are to do whatever is asked of us in whatever capacity it is. Pastor Blake could come to me on a Sunday morning and say, hey, you got a t-shirt in your car because I really need you to get out there and start shoveling some dirt. Yes, sir. Well, you're laughing like you never see me work. <laughs> I work. Amen. I would like to hear my boys say amen to that. Amen. I work. And, and if Pastor Blake comes to me and says, hey, we got some toilets that are broke down back here. I need you to do something. Man, I'm telling you what, Pastor, you go ahead and preach. We got this taken care of. And I might have to call some of the professionals and some of you all that are gifted in certain areas to help me, but we will get the job done. And we are the people that he can call upon and say, yes, you are worthy. And hallelujah, you've been faithful, good, and, good, and, good servant of the Lord. You can do this. Amen. So Timothy's position with Paul, with Paul was, it was more than a job. It was his life. He watched him. He learned from him. He was discipled by him. He had a genuine concern for these people. And number three, he was willing to deny himself. Woo, can I get an amen? Why ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm in charge around here. Well, go ahead. Get every knot you deserve on your big head. Amen. Glory to God. I'm just kidding. You don't have a big head. Sometimes they get carried away. Philippians 2.21. We read this in our opening scriptures. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. And this is talking about, this is talking about these mega churches. And, these, and, and listen, I'm not talking. If, if a mega church is preaching the gospel and they're getting people saved, glory to God, I'm all for it. But I'm talking about the fun and games churches. I'm talking about the church. Listen, I've been in this business for a long time. I understand. i got a lot of friends in this business, and I've seen it. I've seen both ways. I've seen good preachers, and I've seen uh, preachers that think they're good, and they're not worth a hill of beans. Amen? And it's because of decisions we make. We think we're above the laws of the land, and we can just make our own decisions. We can't always do that. There's an order in the things of, in the house of the Lord. Amen? Paul was referring to, to the ministers of that day, even in his day. They dealt with that type of thing where people come in and bring their own doctrine into the church. I found a quote. Layman Strauss stated, this man was a Bible scholar. He was a Bible professor. He said, there are so few who devote their lives in selfless service. We are more concerned with our interests, our goods, our getting ahead than we are with the needs of others. Few are seeking to follow closely in the steps of Christ and of Christ-like men such as Paul. Most of us seek our own interests while we profess Christ's name. Amen? You see, Timothy, this man, this young man, he did not seek his own things. The Bible says he denied himself. He denied himself. Amen? 
He didn't feel worthy. He had not fallen into the trap of so many people in this world where, you know, oh, my great idea is the, it, it's God. Now this is, this is it. It's going to be this way. We're going to change the church's mentality. I know of a church in Arizona. They, they bring a church and, and a big old uh, sofa couch in the front of the church, and you get to eat popcorn, and you get to get a big soda and an ice machine and Coca-Cola machine right there during the service. You go ahead and get right on up and go over and get your soda. I had a guy in Costa Rica or, or in Phoenix one time. We were looking at a building. And it was an old restaurant bar. And had a, you know, I said, I'd have to tear this bar out of here. He says, no, I got a great idea how you can build this church. He says, you want a church of 500 people next month? I said, brother, give me your revelation. What you got? He said, serve beer to your, to your members in your church. I, you can only imagine what I said to him. You lying devil. My wife was right there. She cast the devil out of him too. We said, you lying devil, you heathen. And I almost didn't believe the story that it could even be real until until we go we go back to Colorado Springs after Costa Rica. We're serving down there, and, and I look over and there's this church that has beer advertisement on their on their church logos. You come to our church, they have actually labeled their own beer after their church. Can you imagine that? That's what they're talking about right here. This is exactly what it is. It's talking about that. So we need to understand, uh, you know, denied, he denied himself. Uh, he had not fallen into this trap that so many people had fallen into. Number four, he was willing to be a son, willing to be a disciple. And I'll tell you what, that picture I showed you of Pastor Marshall, that's a man who Pastor Jones still calls one of his sons. That man has been faithful and loyal. Put Pastor Manning on there as well. You see that sign right there? That's Crime Stoppers. This man and the man I showed you before that, they're both pastors in our fellowship. Ain't no different than me, ain't no different than you, where we've made mistakes. And as our musicians are here, we're going to close in just a moment. But see, God can use anybody. God can change anybody. You see, there was a close bond between Paul and Timothy. They had a relationship. It was a friendship. Timothy was a son to Paul. He looked, uh, Timothy, uh, listen, he looked upon Paul as a father. We just read it in the scripture, and the reason Timothy and Paul worked so well together was, but, was because of their friendship. It's a friendship. It's a bond. Your friend will not hurt you. Your friend uh, will not take advantage of you. Should not. Should we say? Amen? And I want to close with this story. This is a story from the classroom. It illustrates the importance of Christian fellowship. It is true, as a student, that all the people in the world is it true, he asked, that all the people in the world could live in Texas. He said, yes, replied the professor, if they were friends. And if they were not friends, even in the world, the world itself would be too small. Friendships are so important. You see, Paul and Timothy, they committed to a friendship that was amazing. Their commitment of friendship advanced the cause of Christ not only to Texas, 
but to the entire world. To the entire world. You and I today, we have a commitment, and that is to serve the Lord. I thank God for great leadership. I thank God that when my pastor says he's going home tonight, guess what? He's going home tonight. Because I'll tell you what, his wife and his kids would fire him up if he didn't go home. And I'd be right there behind him trying to help him. But, you know, that's what we're called to do, to stand with each other, to fight for each other, to lift each other up, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another. If somebody gives you a bad report, you stand with them and pray. You fight for them. You fight with them. You encourage and strengthen and give them the right words, the, 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 the words of God to encourage when someone goes astray and they go a different route and they begin to get lost in the wilderness, that's when we step in and we say, you know what, listen, you're not heading in the right direction. Just listen to me. You know how hard it is to get those words in? In a fight with your wife or your husband? Just listen to me. I don't want to listen to you. Well, that's not a time to say no, but you're going to listen to me. Because she's not going to listen to you. But it's the friendship. It's the bond. It's the serving one another that brings you to a place where God gets all the glory. Where all the praise be to God. Hallelujah. And God wants to help us today. He wants us to be humble and, and submit ourselves to the authority of God. I promise you, in this place... You are not a robot. We do not have robot disciples in this church. We have disciples, men and women of God who have a willful heart to serve the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes this morning in reverence to the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the mind of God this morning, Lord. I thank you for speaking into me. As, a, as an oracle, as a vessel of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray, God, that your people receive this word today. God, not to be critical, Lord, but for us to stand together and to be obedient servants of the Lord, to worship God, to be a Timothy in the life of Paul. Lord, when Paul has no answer because he's put away, he's locked up in prison, Lord, that there's a servant, uh, that there's a, a person with a willful heart that would say, Lord, here I am, send me. God, that's the heart that we want today. Before I go any further this morning, you're here today, and you're with us in this service. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. If that's you in this place, I want you just to lift your hand up. I want to pray for you. You say, I want to be saved. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. All over this place. Maybe you've given your life to Jesus in the past. Maybe when you were a young man, young woman, you were raised in church and you served the Lord and today you're away from God. You're, you're, you, you've gone astray. You've allowed some things into your life and you've gotten away from what God has, has, has placed in your life to serve him with. And that's you. You say, Pastor, please pray for me. I need to come back to the Lord 100% today. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it right back down this morning. Praise God. How many more all over this place? Just lift your hand and put it right back down. Just This is acknowledging. Amen. I see these hands. You're acknowledging. Praise God. I see this hand.
How many more, front to back, left to right? You say, I have a desire to serve God, and Lord, I want you to just put me back in that place where I need to be. We want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, just one more time, put your hand up and put it right back down. Praise God. I see these many hands going up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. You know, I joked around a couple weeks ago when I preached, and, and I told well, I think it was maybe last Sunday, I don't know. Time flies so fast. But I, I joked and told a story about how Pastor Paul, who's our lead pastor in our fellowship, how when we were little boys, we've known each other since we were eight years old in the church. He changed my name from Mario to Manuel. And the story was funny because whenever he had a job to do at home for his mama, he would call his buddy Manuel. Manual labor. Amen? But what Mr. Pastor Paul Jones didn't realize is that this servant of the Lord was blessed to be a help, to be in his presence. I just wanted to be around him. Our friendship was amazing. We wanted to be together. We wanted to, I mean, we had plans. We were going to do great things for God. And look, we're both doing great things for God today. It took me a while to get to where I needed to go, but, you know, he's been a youth pastor since he was 17, 18 years old, and been, been pastoring all those years, been to Africa, started churches all over. I mean, it's just amazing what God has done. But, you know, too many times we give up too fast. We give up right before the blessing of God is about to fall. We give up right before the Lord. You know, it's like when you ever, you ever reached out to shake somebody's hand and they turn around and didn't even see you shake their, you know, you're standing there like, oh, okay. What do you all call that? He goes to me? Is that what you all call that? That works? I left you hanging. Okay. I won't embarrass my kids too bad. I, I got that one almost right. But, you know, I want to be a servant. When I come to church, I don't need to be on a list. When I come to church, I don't need to be, you know, I ask pastor, is there anything you need me to do for you today? Man, you know, some people will say that's the wrong question to ask because you get a big list of stuff. Well, glory to God, let's do it together. And what I love to do, that's why I love to see Claudia and David work and getting people mobilized and using people because, you know, we cannot do it all. David and Claudia can't do it all. You can't do it all. None of us can do it all. We need each other. Let's all... Come down to this altar this morning, amen. I know there were some hands that lifted, lifted up, and I'm going to pray this prayer before we go offline. There's some at home this morning. You're watching. You need to accept Jesus Christ into your life. We're going to pray. As soon as this altar fills up this morning, we're going to pray. God has a plan for you, young lady. He has a plan for you. You know it, don't you? Yeah, it's a big plan. It's wonderful plans. There was many hands that went up this morning. And I want to pray for you. Those you're online, you're watching. Maybe you're going through a hard time in a difficult situation in your life. I want to pray for you this morning. And I think it's important that we all just surrender to the Lord for just a moment. Amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Make me a brand new person. Lord, take this hardened heart and give me a heart of love. Give me a heart for people.
Lord, so I can love them. Even the ones I don't want to love. Help me to love them. Change my character. Who I am. I will serve you from this moment forward. I will love you from this moment forward. I will do your will to the best of my ability. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com. Thanks again for listening.